Welcome to the CoLab, the only podcast for business owners who are committed to growth through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Get ready to put your heads together to boost your business to the next level with your hosts, the ultimate team players, Megan Marsh and Andre Munar. Welcome back to the CoLab podcast, everyone. I am your co-host, Megan Marsh, and I will be joined by my co-host, Andre Munar, and a very special guest today. Uh, This guest personally is a very special person. It's someone, if you've ever heard me talk about, uh, I was a Division I athlete at the University of Connecticut, and um, we went to two Final Fours, so I played field hockey with some pretty badass ladies out there, and um, Nikki, who I'll be introducing you to, is one of them. And I never thought I'd be interviewing Nikki uh, until I started seeing her on my social channels, and I could tell that she was doing something, right? But I, I didn't really know what she was doing. And Nikki, Nikki was my big sister at UConn, which just meant when you come in as a freshman, it's overwhelming. They're torturing you, trying to grind you into the ground with uh, workouts, and you get assigned a big sister. And Nikki was my big sister, and she was hilarious. I mean, just fun, energetic, just such a, it's like one of those people that you're just attracted to being around because of their energy, their positivity, And so it doesn't surprise me what you're going to learn in the business she's developed. But I think I knew I had to get this interview out for anyone, for all of you to listen to, because we're in this era where, you know, new businesses are popping up everywhere. Um, And not just like new businesses in your local communities, like storefronts, stuff like that, but new types of businesses, new platforms, new, like businesses we didn't even know could be businesses. And I feel like, you know, she's going to share what her business is and how it evolved and came about because I think many of of us and you want to start or grow something that's our own, right? We want our own business. It really sometimes stops there at that thought because then we get stuck in this place where we're like in bed at night staring up at the ceiling and it's this place of doubt and fear that creeps in because we start thinking, okay, what business am I going to start? Like, how do I start a business? Like, what what do I offer? You know, what do I have to offer other people Uh, you know, who's going to need me? Who's going to pay me for what I do? Because if you work somewhere, usually have, you know, a job that is part of a group and you might do one piece, you know, running a business and offering a service or coming up with a product is very, very different. And, um, you, you know, Nikki Mayer has, she's made a name for herself through her can do approach to business. Um, like I shared from Yukon, and her reputation is as a people advocate, which is very apparent if you've ever seen her. Um, we're going to be digging into the social channel that um, sh- has just blown up with her content. Uh, she has over a million followers, and her main beliefs are that are in the power of the human connection, being yourself and the ability to form meaningful and lasting bonds in business. And she does it through TikTok is where her business really evolved and exploded. Um, You know, 
the other thing too, if you're listening and you haven't started a business yet, is that, you know, Nikki started out out of school, one of her first main jobs, and her career started in the travel industry where she was a top business development manager um, in Travel Agent Magazine. She worked for Royal Caribbean International. She, I mean, it was the job. I remember seeing her having fun and checking out all the new resorts. Uh, but then it really kicked off when she joined Alex and Ani, the jewelry and lifestyle brand. Um, and she was their vice president of sales, serving as the right hand to the founder, uh, which, you know, if you know Alex and Annie, I remember when she started there because our, our group from UConn all got these matching, you know, bangle bracelets. Um, so Nikki started right when the company began, um, you know, during her time there, uh, the company grew from 2.7 million in 2000. In 16, I think it was, to more than 500 million. Like, I don't even know how many, it's not even a 10x, it's like 100, 200x. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and it was this type of growth that she was soon recognized by, you know, they were recognized by Forbes Inc., um, Digaday, and many other publications. And under the leadership of Nikki and her peers, the company grew from one retail location to more than 90. Um, one of the big roles that Nikki played at Alex Nani was that she supported over 1,500 nonprofit organizations. Um, and through, they had this award-winning charity by design division, which Nikki led and grew from its infancy. Um, she was promoted, watched, you know, the company grow, really was involved in community relations, corporate social responsibility, all these things. Like she had a successful career, very successful career. I'm sure was making very good money. And today, Nikki is the founder of Nikki Marie LLC, where she collaborates with brands and thought leaders whose mission is beyond the brand or product that they are selling. Uh, she has over a million social media followers, and her mission is to amplify the positive side of social media through her platform called Social for Good, the number four. And you know, I'm excited to bring her in because when I was like, Nikki's doing something here, people are following her. Then I'm, you know, I knew she was doing something, but I couldn't even wrap around, wrap my head around exactly what it was. And the thing that I think stuck the most with me when I called her and we had a conversation was that, you know, she's like, you know, I always post it on social, but I, you know, I always thought about what people were thinking about me, like what they were thinking about what I posted. And, you know, at one point I just finally said, screw it. I I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to, you know, post what, how you know me, Megan, how other people know me and people can either like it or they don't. And with a million followers, I think there's a lot of people who like it and it just shows you how you can be your authentic self and you can do things that everyone does see. And, and, and that's why you are the leader that you are. So I really think that this interview is going to help all of you think about your business and how you can pour yourself into your business and be your true authentic self and, and, and really just learn about growing your business through the things that make you the person that you are. So let's bring in Andre and Nikki. Welcome back to the collab. And today you just heard about 
who we are interviewing. So I wanted to welcome someone who is very close to my heart. And I haven't talked much about playing Division I field hockey at the University of Connecticut, but it was a huge part of my life. And when I got there, I was assigned a big sister. And my big sister for lifting was who we are interviewing today, which is Nikki Marie Inc., as she's known on social media. So, hey, Nick. My muscles, my memory is there. It remembers the torture and the pain. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. So, and I'm, I'm so excited to have you on because I think that this is going to be some, an episode that a lot of people will be interested in hearing about because when I first saw you start doing some things, I'm like, she's starting a business and I know it's in an area I don't know a lot about, so I wanted to understand it. And so, you know, you're, you're building a business model that many people don't understand what is this business that you have started when you keep saying, you know, I'd said, why not? Right. What led you here after leaving that whole corporate side that you were doing so well at? Yeah. So the, so the corporate side, that's, that's the interesting starting point is the corporate side was the big dream, right? You like you, I used the term the other day, there was a, an influencer who's pretty popular on YouTube and I was kind of having this consultation with her and yeah. I said, you know, the best way I can describe what happened before kids was that I had my slutty phase in business. <laughs> like I, when you were traveling and, and like testing all the resorts, right? Oh, yeah. So I did the, the slutty phase of business. Like I pimped myself out in business. I worked and worked and worked and worked. Yep. And whatever it took. And my mentality in corporate then before kids was, I'm going to be such a servant leader that I want to be the go-to girl when that founder or that executive needs something to deliver. So that was my 20s and my, you know, early 30s was that servant leadership. And it got me places, you know, so it, I came from the background of when I'm due to get the promotion, I will get it. When I'm due to get the raise, I will get it. Love that. There's a lot of people that say, go for what you want, know your worth. And I have to say, my gut led me in the right direction, even when people thought I was crazy to not ask for more money. Right. right. We go through the same thing. People come into the business and they don't realize it's taken five, six, seven years to build up this, you know, business that brings in millions. And now they're, those people are getting rewarded, whereas other new people come in. Right. And that's what you're, I love that. Oh yeah. And you get told, I mean, I managed a team at one point in corporate life of 31 people and everybody wanted the next manager position. And I said, well, what is it about the title manager? Do you think it's going to get you further? Do you think it means more money? Cause I had an executive assistant who was making more than a manager, but she still wants to be a manager. I, I just think we've missed the mark on coaching people as to what positions and management and leading people versus projects really means. Right. We no. definitely have that discussion. Everybody wants that management title. And I mean, we'll be candid about it. We talked to, you know, this person knows we put this a team member into a management position because he excelled very well. And then he got there and he goes, no, take, take me back, take me back, you know, because you're right. People don't understand managing a project or managing people is so much different than being really good at what you do and just propelling from that. So I, I love the fact that you said that. Absolutely. And it's easy in a small company, but when this company goes to that next level, have you prepared your kind of subculture to know their succession plan? I mean, how many companies talk about succession planning? 
Yeah. All of a sudden you're huge and, and you lose that whole plan and nobody knows what their next steps are. So not to go down a rabbit hole there, you asked me the question of, you know, merging out of corporate life. Like I was an anomaly. I was part of a very small business that grew into a monstrous business with right. a three-year range a company that we went from just over a million dollars a year. And four years later, we were at the 500 million mark. And I was one of the first five employees. So let me tell you wow. something. Right. I learned a bit about everything. Yeah. It has given me so many gifts and it's also given me the curse of like the jack of all trades. Right. When you talk to a recruiter, right. like, oh, you know how to do a little bit of everything, but we don't have that cookie cutter puzzle piece yeah. to merge you into. Right. Uh, so I, I had my, my daughter, 2014, got back from maternity leave, had an amazing president in place at the company who said, hey, we're going to need you to like help us with some of these departments. We're going to merge them together. And they offered me a promotion. So think about it. The woman that just got back from a maternity leave and is given this like, here you promotion. go. That's amazing. Right. In that offense. So no. that was the first maternity leave experience. Two years later, had my son got back. And just something felt different. Something felt different. It was like the two kids, the two sleep patterns, the doctor's appointments, the getting home at close to 6.37 p.m. at night. Couldn't do it anymore. And it turned out that the dreams that the company and that other people had for my career were no longer, they just weren't mine. Mm -hmm. So resigned, started consulting brands and founders and doing creative direction and business strategy. Right. Then comes um, 2019 and split out of my marital situation, which is exhausting. If anyone, I'm sure separation, it's drains everything out of you. It's awful. And then hit COVID and I lost every bit of business. And Mm. I mean, long story short, here's where it goes. I lost my business and there were two ways I could have gone. One, sit around and complain or two, this route is, well, you've got some time to educate yourself and figure out what you're going to do next. So huge Gary V fan. He's been preaching about TikTok forever. Yes, he has. And you know what? I've got clients that really want to know this tool for their business. I've heard about it so often. I jumped on, started creating real authentic mom behind the scenes content and it took off. And now I've got over a million followers on TikTok. It's awesome. And when I told Andre that I said, you know, I want to interview someone that's a friend of mine who is doing something different. And I told him, I said, you know, she blew up on TikTok. She's got this kid who has it. He goes, you know, the fucking jam girl. I'm like, <laughs> I thought we could say that here. Yeah. I was selfishly excited because I was like, that's the, that's the fucking jam lady. Like, who doesn't know that person? I mean, my son is like the sweetest little kid. And, you know, the whole intention was, oh my God, he's so sweet and innocent. And he doesn't know what that word means. That's why he whispered. He thought he was in trouble for yelling. And it just, it went, it went wow. wild. And no, it, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it was awesome. And, and so where, what did, from that point, right? What did that lead into to where you are now? So I kind of call that my tipping point. You know, there's, there's all these tipping points in life and in career. And, you know, definitely my, my babies. I was that mom. I thought I'd be like the Sheryl Sandberg or the Brene Brown, like traveling and, and bringing my kids with the nanny. I really, <laughs> I said, wow, all right, nobody can prep you for what you're going to feel like as a mother. Nope. 
Nobody can prep you for that. There was something innate, like pulling at my gut. So to answer your question, the tipping point was I had been getting this following of other overwhelmed moms, other overwhelmed dads of parents working from home in, in a pandemic. Um, and then all of a sudden that video took it to the next level of following. And I, you know, I said to myself, this is weird because it did come with a lot of negativity. Moms being like, you let your son swear. Other people, right. guess what? Once you're a D1 athlete, you get your ass whooped. And you don't care what people think. It's not that you don't care. I'm super sensitive. Of course, I cared in a way that I wanted to be like, but if you really knew me as a mom and my motherhood journey, you'd like, you would never say these things about me. But, exactly. But I can also take the, you know, the thick skin and handle it. But I kind of said, listen, be careful what you wish for. I had always done social media. In corporate life, I was known as like the Snapchat queen when Snapchat first came out. I was yeah. online. Everyone in my company thought it was the funniest thing on Vine and then Vine died out. So listen, the TikTok thing isn't that far off from who I've always been. How I see it as I've always wanted this audience and the audience isn't meant to be there in a selfish way. It's not meant to just be there for me to be silly. I've got the background in coaching young adults to become their very best self. I've got this belief in people that they sometimes don't believe in themselves I get paid by businesses to see possibilities in them that they don't see clearly in themselves. So there's something that I feel has been the universe has given me here and I no. have plans for it. And it might not be that it, where I can't articulate exactly what it is right now, but it's going to be something that's going to change the scope of how we do influential marketing. Because I mean, is that what you call yourself an uh, an influencer? I can't even say it. Influencer marketing. That's that's a lot of what you do, right? Yeah, and I used to pay influencers to do the influencer marketing, and I always had a thing for that word. I was like, oh, everybody thinks they're an influencer, and I, you know, I, I'm learning to own it more because the great thing is I've paid the influencers and I've known what I've wanted back, and now I sit in this seat where I'm like, wow. I mean, I know how to work with the Dunkin' Donuts. And I know how to work with these like big companies with a maturity level of business. I'm not, you know, in my 20s, just figuring this out now on how to create great content. So there's something that's going to happen here. And my passion has always been doing social for good, like brands with a purpose, people with a purpose. That's where I, I'm heading in that direction, the way I do this. Yeah, Nikki, I see that you've worked with some big brands like Dunkin' Donuts and Amazon and Fat. FabFitFun, which is really amazing. Can you tell us how your business adds value to others or what you do differently or how you can help other businesses? Because like you said, I think that word influential is thrown out so much these days, influence, but it's like, okay, well, what exactly does that mean? Or in particular to you, you know, how do you help other businesses? So I help them to be seen and heard in the marketplace that they need to be seen and heard, right? So if your target market is women, 33 to 48, then you're going to want to find somebody who's in that arena, who is them nat their natural self. Like what the first thing I'll say about that is our scope is changing. Like how we envision marketing is changing. The once the day of the big celebrity influencer, I will tell you what COVID did for us is it made us want to connect with real people. And some of these TikTok people that were not around before COVID that are now who you look to for what you want to buy because you trust them. They're a real person. They're not the big paid model. 
the big paid actress, you can connect with them. They're a little bit messy. Their house isn't what we said, like perfectly imperfect for what we're leaning toward because we don't want to feel depressed when we can't live up to what other people. Expectations. Yeah. No, it's crazy. And we're all just, it's like, as, as much as COVID has been terrible, I look at it as our layers are peeled back. We're, we're more true to our normal selves. Like you got to look at the, the bright side of it. So I help brands to be seen and heard where they want to be seen and heard with like authentic organic. And is that, so I would say a lot of our listeners, the people who are listening are small business owners, right? It could even be somebody who's a solopreneur who it's just them starting out. And if they're a, let's say a real estate agent, or if it's someone who has a small, like our business, we have 25 employees, right? Is that type of business someone who can benefit from influencer marketing? Absolutely. I just, before I got on with you guys, I got a call from my financial advisor and he said, Hey, listen, there's this thing that we want to be part of. We want to bring it into our network. I think the smartest thing for us to do will be to tap into influencer marketing. It's, I mean, wow. it's a financial group. Five years ago, you would have never heard that happen. And now you're seeing where the influencer isn't just that cute, blonde, not to stereotype, but it's just not that person in college, like the college ambassador wearing the cute beanie hat and the cute outfit and like to know it. This is much more of like, there's this growing market of men and women and moms and dads who have a a following who people trust and believe in. Right. And I guess for me too, like I've always thought of it as like products, right? Like, and you worked in the product base, like with Alex and Annie and let's say products want you to use as an influencer to it. I know that's just one piece, but for your financial advisor, just like for us, we have a mortgage company. So we're in that financial arena. Like if you don't mind just digging a tiny bit deeper, like how does somebody who sells these complex financial products, that's a more serious product. How do they use influencer marketing? So I'll put you, I, I, I'll put you in this equation, right? The services. I had a chat with my friend, who's in real estate and she sells really amazing houses down in Florida. I'm like, can you just please, like once I make it big, just table one of those for me. But I said to her, I said, how great would it be if you had some local influencers come in and create this experience in one of the houses that you're selling, right? So there, maybe it's a, they're creating a charcuterie board and it's, they're hanging out and they're making a platter, but they all are doing their lives. They're all showing it. And then you happen to be, your business happens to be tagged on there. Like all it takes is the view of one person to say, well, that's a beautiful space. Oh my gosh, that's in this part of Florida. We've been looking down there. It's just, it's exposure in sometimes just out of the box ways. So in more, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be you find people who have no idea about their financial structure, buying a home, the process, and you dummy it down to everyday people like me. I'm, I'm the worst. Like with what you do, you'd have to dummy it down. And this is for products too. I say, talk to me as if I know nothing and I've never learned a thing about how to think through this. And if you can teach me that, then I will be most likely to trust you and go to you when I'm ready to make that move. So influencers can come in and help you do that. Interview you even interview you and just peel back the layers, like let them learn in your space. 
now. Yeah, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head, Nikki, when you were saying, you know, COVID really let a lot of people come to the forefront as far as, you know, those TikTokers. People want to connect with real people. And like you said, you're like, uh, they're kind of a hot mess and so am I, but they're not, you know, like this, they're not these super famous people. So now influencers can be anybody, whether, you know, you're tall, short, you know, excuse my language, fat, skinny, black, white, orange. It's like people want to relate to somebody. And, you know, I could be 400 pounds wearing a bathing suit and there's somebody out there for that, you know? And so it's tapping into that specific market, which we've kind of had a hard trouble of saying, okay, we're looking for somebody who's 32 to 36, male, female, for our specific, you know, collab business. We're trying to work on that. But I really love the fact that we're talking about, you know, how COVID has really opened up the doors for a lot of people. And you can view it one or two ways, either we're going backwards or we're going forward, but it's really ultimately up to that person into the perspective of like, okay, well, this is a good thing. You know, um, I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to make something of it. So I love the fact that we're talking about that. Yeah, I know. And we don't utilize too that. So a big part for us, we were fortunate when COVID hit, we had started doing things that a lot of businesses scrambled with when COVID hit where our teams were working from home, we had opened up other businesses because we think that businesses need to have different revenue streams, right? Like that's that's a huge part about having a safe, secure business. And so I guess I'm thinking too that influencer marketing can help businesses with monetizing, right? Which I don't even know if people know what monetizing means. What do you know? Do you know what monetizing means? I know what monetizing means because I'm in I'm in the thick of it right now. Yeah, can you tell us? Can you share with the listeners like what does monetization mean? And maybe like a small example for a small business that doesn't do anything besides what they primarily have set up to do. Yep. So from from the side of monetizing from the social media side is there are different and I'm just gonna say like the high level of it is you can monetize from Instagram when you've got a certain amount of impressions and following and all that stuff. But that monetization is where you get offers to, for posts, for posts, for story reel. Like there's a company I'm working with now. I just got their deck and I'm blown away. It's a celebrity's new product that's coming out and their deck is like magical. It, it gives you all the steps, but they know exactly what they're going to pay you for your post, your carousel, your story, your reel on Instagram. So there's like a price point that they have one each each one is worth. And then your TikTok, you can get paid as a creator. That means that however many views you put out, like TikTok has a creator fund. And so if you're getting a lot of views and you're getting a lot of following, they'll pay you like a, a little incremental amount per day and and per it's it's don't get too excited. It's not <laughs> no, but it's super interesting. And that's where I think maybe the younger generation understands more of this. But yeah. Those of us who are, I don't know, 35 and older, right? Like, that, that, this is new. And, and I will say, here's what blows my mind. And this is what more people, people that are listening that aren't influencers and don't want to be, right? There are YouTube channels that your YouTube is where you can monetize the most because yeah. you're going to get paid based on the advertisements. So what we used to pay big bucks for on TV you're paying for those slots, right? So say it's Honda, they're paying for slots in a certain demographic to be shown at certain times around certain types of videos. So if it's mom's watching and Honda shows up, the person whose video it's on is the one that gets paid a portion of that advertisement. So you can make a lot of money on YouTube. 
And you know what? I was um, these podcasts also. Yeah, no. And so how this is how naive, right? Like I'm huge on understanding all this, growing our business. And back nine years ago, I started a YouTube channel. Like literally some of the original videos don't have a title. I wasn't like doing all that. I mean, I have videos about mortgage that have 25,000 views that I, I just never like followed a plan, followed a strategy. Right. So now we're like, what an idiot I was what, like, and, and we're getting smarter about having a strategy because you also get to a point in your business that you're, you start getting tired of sometimes just the transactions, right? You want to do things differently. So that's why I think what you're doing is so interesting because we still are struggling to understand how to monetize that, how to have the right message for small businesses. But like everyone should be thinking about these different things that they can be doing for their business to create different revenue streams to keep their business alive. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I mean, there are people filming garbage trucks. My son is four. He watched garbage trucks pick up trash. And I look at the views and I go, this person's making like figures just having these videos run. Like Blippy is it. My son loves Blippy. He's a, he, yep. I mean, but the kids are obsessed with Blippy and the guy, guess what? He's smarter mm. than all of us in this room. Like he yeah, is, you know, he is, but man, I'm going to make Andre listen to Blippy straight for three mm. days. Like us. I'm good but on that for now. Was Blippy's concept was he saw his, I think it was his nephew playing and he saw his nephew and what he was watching on YouTube. And he's like, this is terrible. I could do this better. And he did. So I give the guy so much credit. Like, there is so much money to be made online and we can hate social media and watch the social dilemma on Netflix and cry that our lives are changing. Or we could say, holy shit, we've got access to like everything that we could want. Positive, mentorship, influential stuff, connection. The list goes on. And I'm here. I want to be over here. I want my algorithm to like Nikki, that's definitely one way to look at it, especially when I teach real estate agents about social media. They all start going, well, I don't want people to see my private life or I don't want people to see my grandkids. And it's like, okay, well, you have to use your social media intentionally. Like, what are you using it for? If you're on there for drama or for politics, well, that's what you're going to get out of it, right? But if you're on there to influence people, to make it better, to make the people around you better, like if you focus on that stuff, then that's what you're going to get back, you know? And so as you're saying, you've got to pick which side of social media you want to be on. Either you're using it intentionally, you're monetizing it, you're using it for your business, or you're using it because you just want to feed into the drama and, and what's going on into the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you keep following the topic of your awful ex, right? Your awful ex yeah. Like I see this all the time. There's people on TikTok, and if you start liking, and oh my gosh, she's right, and he's right, and my awful ex rhythm's going to be like this. Yes. This loves. Yeah. But if you go to the other side and you start liking things and commenting on things that make you feel good, there's where you're going to go. And I say that because my kids are young. I want to teach them this. Social media is going nowhere. It is the future. I want to teach them that you can yeah. go on this side of things. And media loves negative. Yep. So that's what wins when the posts happen. You just, you got to choose your own route. It's the same for life. But on your, on your real estate, I I would say if there's going to be any tip I give for people who are wondering what to post on social, just remember, it's not about you. Right. We're all selfish by nature. We all want what's in it for us. Even if it's like a good laugh, 
and I feel like I got a laugh out of somebody, it made me happy. If it's a tip that's going to help save me money, then it's a tip. But there's always got to be that mentality of if you are a product and you have one person that you're talking to, you just always have to remember you're talking to that one person. What's in it for them? What's in it for them? Just like our point today is for people listening, how can they how can they start looking at influencer marketing? How can they think about monetizing? How can they do these things to make their business stronger? Well, there's a perfect, and I'm a believer in this. There's brands that contact me all the time and they say, hey, will you check out our product? We want to pay you this. And if you, if, when you get it, can you post it? And I go, I haven't even tried your product yet. I don't even know what you're all about. If you want to send me something, I will be more than happy to try it and I'll be truthful to you. Here's what I'm going to say. That is my top key. If you have people that you love on social media, that you like want to try your product to their PO box, send a lovely note, tell them everything you love about them and that you're a small business owner or that you're somebody who wants to just connect with them. And if you love it, great. If you don't let me know, just want your feedback And you never know that person might, out of the kindness of their heart, say, hey, I'm going to put up a post. Like, I love this. There's someone that I talked to recently, and she had a product. She was maybe making a total of $80,000 in revenue in 2019. She Mm -hmm. said she's over $200,000 in sales since the beginning of COVID. Why? Because she gifted three of her favorite TikTokers. And they all posted on the same day because they loved the product and her website, she had to, she had to shut it off. (laughs) I can't produce all of this. So (sighs) old school mentality just like connects, like send things to people. It's like snail mail. Like nobody gets it anymore. Send. Yes. We do the handwritten notes. We do that. Our whole team, we write them all the time. Send what you're proud of. Like you guys send the handwritten notes. You also could find local small business products that you believe in. And that's like your little, you know, you're supporting the small local business. It could yes. be cookies or honey or whatever, but just that like touchy feeling. We were all longing for more of that and it works. And there's some really kind influencers out there who don't need to make a buck on every single thing. I love that. Speaking of influencers, I mean, you're definitely a big influencer with over a million followers on your social media platforms. And, you know, somebody who has that sure. that kind of level of followers, who do you go to advice for or mentorship? Megan and I are very big into, you know, having somebody above you who knows more than you. And so you at this stage, you know, being the, the fucking jam lady, who do you go to, to mentorship or for advice? I go to, so, so I go to some of my business clients, former clients, because when I work with somebody, it just becomes like a sister brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever it is. So I always just bounce things off of people. I, I have to be collaborative. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's somebody in the industry. You know, my brother's in the industry. I bounce stuff off of him all the time. So sometimes you just need to be around people who listen And they don't give you necessarily advice. They just kind of let you say it yourself. And that executive coach who like listens to me rant. He's like, did you just hear yourself? I'm like, yeah, I just answered it. So sometimes just to have somebody that can let you dump your ideas. Right. When you've landed on one, that's really amazing. No. And that's why too, when we started the CoLab podcast, like we were so deep in the world of 
mortgages, <laughs> like the mortgage industry that, and although we love it and it's helped us build this business that has been successful, we know that we need other industries and other people to keep growing and getting better ideas because if you just keep hanging out with the same people, you don't get any new ideas. Absolutely. So smart what you're doing and you have to continue to evolve because in 10 years, we're going to be having a whole other conversation of what platform we're on, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So Yeah. I mean, there's new ones that have been coming yeah. out, you know, in, in the, I mean, what was the one that I just saw? It's been around, but that new platform, what's oh, the new God. one? Parlor. Parlor. Yeah. There was Parlor. Are you on Parlor now? No, not even. I better get up to speed. No. And MeWe or something like Me-we. that. Well, remember when you thought like Periscope was so creepy? Oh gosh, yes. Somebody live and now I'm like, oh, okay. Hi. Here we are. Here we are are in your living room. Okay. Hi. So, you know, I guess for anyone listening, for no matter what type of business they have, if they want to start a business, if they have a business, if their business is growing, right? I guess what is that one thing that we that you would want them to take away after listening to us talking about influencer marketing, brands, you know, the things that you're doing. How can they, what are, what is that first step? What's one thing that they could do? Who could they, you know, how can they reach out to someone to start integrating stuff like this in their business? I will say it might not be, how can they integrate somebody like me? I'd say the first step is to identify what type of leader you are and to connect and surround yourself with the opposite type of person. So in the short answer to this is I'm an extreme creator. I'm an extreme visionary. I tend to be drawn to the same type of people. And then guess what we do? We're like this and we come up with all these dreams and I need the executor. And the way I grew majorly in corporate business, I hired the right people every time. And they made me look like a rock star. It wasn't me doing all the stuff. It was me being able to give decisive direction, delegate stuff out to communicate my dreams, to communicate the founder's dreams and them to execute. So we tap, it's like that in dating or when we meet friends, we tend to be drawn to ourselves. But in business, I will say, I work with founders who are very execution driven and they hire me to come up with like the fun stuff or vice versa. That's when it works. The two dreamers together or the two executors are like, no, I got this. So you've got to know your kind of like archetype as a business owner and surround yourself with the people who can get the stuff done that you can't. That's my very first tip. Yeah. And Andre and I say that because we're very different. It it works for us. It's great. He he might not, he probably wouldn't have started doing videos or even podcasts at first, right? But I'm like, we got to do it. We got to do it. Andre was the one that pushed. I would have like assumed that. No, definitely Megan. So listen, you guys have to get these onto YouTube. Yeah, we, yes. we've started creating some videos and like creating, we have a new channel for the collab. So same thing We're, you know, but for us, we've been so deep into mortgages that, you know, but we know how to run a business. We know how to build a business. We bring in revenue. We've doubled, tripled, quadrupled our revenue. Like we know how to do those things for people who are starting businesses. So sharing that info is, you know, a lot of the stuff we've been sharing here on the, on the collab and, and anything we don't know about, like what you're doing, is what we're interested in learning about. And there's probably a lot you could teach us and help us with getting out there. TikTok is, is an amazing opportunity too. You have to think about it this way. If somebody knows how to make the best banana bread, 
their entire page is on banana bread. And I guarantee you, they have a ton of following because you know what you're getting. And if you're interested in making good breads or good baked goods, like you go to that person, you don't have to be a variety show. So you guys or any other businesses that want to get onto TikTok, it can be super duper frustrating at first. You've got to stick to it. You've got to know what you like. You've got to know what you're about. And if you can figure out what you're about, you just turn out content. And if it's help to train other people, then that's great. If it's going to educate on mortgages or a product or health and wellness, like you just got to know that what your biggest expertise is, is your biggest asset. And not everybody thinks that way. They're like, oh, who's going to Who's going to follow me making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? But I get, I bet you. Right. I, I think everybody yeah. is that way. Like who, well, who wants to watch my videos or who, but there's so many people in the world that you only needed a few of those, not even a percent, not even 1% of those people you need. You need like a quarter of a percent of people to follow you, you know? And people think that they always have to, has to be the best video or they have to be the best at it, but just getting that niche down and getting those people to come to you as the expert in, like you said, in bread pudding or whatever, you know? I think we're going to have to wrap it up here, but I mean, where can people, where can people find you on social media? Yeah. So Instagram is probably the best overall hub because I have my link tree on there to link me, link them everywhere else. It's Nikki Marie Inc. So N-I-C-K-I-M-A-R-I-E-I-N-C. Awesome. So um, Nikki, just real quick. We got gmail.com. Easy. Say that again. Nikki Marie Inc. at gmail.com. No, thank you. you We will post all this stuff. So thank you. Bye. Hey, collaborators. I just wanted to say I appreciate any and all of you out there who have joined Andre and I on this journey and sharing just the lessons and the people we've met along the way. And it would mean the world to us if you would hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and more than anything, getting some feedback from any of you that are starting a business. If you have a business and you have questions or needs or a specialty you want to share, you can reach out to us on our website at thecolablife.com and our Instagram handle as well, The Colab Life. You can also find us on Facebook or YouTube at The Colab. And you can email us at hello at thecolablife.com. Thanks again for joining us and stay tuned next week.